Comic Book Club News gives you the comic book news you need to know first thing in the morning every weekday in the form of digestible three to five minute long podcasts. Comic Book Club News recaps breaking news stories from Marvel, DC Comics, and beyond Monday through Friday. New episodes drop 6 a.m. ET in the Comic Book Club News feed so they're ready for you when you're ready for the day. Comic Book Club News. You hear it second or third, possibly fourth. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C., This is a podcast from Minute Media. Boom, boom, you're in the Doom Room, a podcast all about Doom Patrol on HBO Max. Each episode of the podcast will break down the big moments on the show, talk about comic book origins and Easter eggs, and tell you which character is the most doomed. Hosted by Justin, Pete, and Alex of the long-running Comic Book Club podcast, episodes roll out weekly, or you can listen to the first three seasons with over 34 episodes right now at patreon.com slash comic book club. The Doom Room. I'm doomed. You're doomed. We're all doomed. What's up, everybody? Welcome to The Stack. I'm Alex. I'm Pete. (laughs) (laughs) What is that? What's up, man? Happy 420, bro! Okay, okay. Fucking twist and torch one, bro. Fucking give it right to it, dude. Wow, so much cursing right at the top. You gotta be high on the old wacky weed. But... The devil's lettuce. The only paper I like rolling is the paper in comic books. Don't you roll them up. Come on, man. That we're going to be reviewing today. Don't smoke your comics. Including a bunch of new ones. We're going to kick it off with Captain America number zero from Marvel, written by Tachi Anabuchi, Jackson Lansing, and Colin Kelly. Art by Matt DeLuis. This is teaming up the two Captain Americas for a new adventure and teeing off their new books. I got to tell you... I know you're not a big fan of Zero Books here, but I thought this was great. Having Sam Wilson and Steve Rogers teaming up to take down two different TV heads, Arnim Zola's here, I I thought was a lot of fun. I thought the art was awesome. What did you think about it, Pete? Yeah, the only thing I hated about this was the fact that it was a Zero issue. (laughs) I had a blast with this. This art was fantastic. Them just having fun being Captain America and just being like, this is a hard job, but man, we love it. And uh, let's just be friends. And I, I, it was just fun. It was fun. The fist bump at the end got to me. 
Uh, the art was fantastic. Uh, it's kind of like this airbrush style that was really neat. Um, man, I had a blast with this issue. The only thing that sucked is they didn't believe it enough to put a number one on it. Well, I think they're kicking off two different Captain America series, right? So this is the idea here to reintroduce them. And I, after some deep, trippy Captain America storytelling that is also very good in its own right, get back to basics with just some fun superheroics was very refreshing, yeah. made me much more excited for the upcoming series. And uh, I, I just like to say, if you get real high and read comics, this is a fun one. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I Yeah, I love doing that. <laughs> Catwoman Lonely City, number three from DC Comics by Cliff Chiang. This is a turn for the series as our villains deal with some serious loss as they're continuing to try to build their big heist on the Batcave. But I'll I'll tell you what about this series. Oh, you watch your mouth here, bro. No, no, this is all going to be complimentary. Okay, then. Go right ahead. Except for one thing, but I'll get to that in a second. Oh, you son of a bitch. Cliff Chiang rules. Art is great. I'm loving this series. He's been on the show. He's the nicest guy. No, no, no. This isn't about Cliff Chiang. I'm going to slam something else. And you're going to like the thing that I'm slamming. Uh, Reading this book, I don't know why this took me three issues to realize this, but I realized this is Cliff Chiang doing Dark Knight Returns, except for Catwoman, down to like the media commentary throughout. There's a shot where Two-Face, who's now the mayor of Gotham City, is standing on this enormous tank, which is a clear shout out to Dark Knight Returns and the big tank in there, if you remember that scene. Um, And... I think we recently talked about Spider-Man Reign, and that was a book that was trying to do Dark Knight Returns, but with Spider-Man, it didn't quite work. This does work. This feels distinctly like its own thing, even though it's paying tribute to a classic comic book, and he's pushing it forward and nuancing it and using it as a reference point without it feeling derivative, and that makes it all the more and more impressive to me. Uh, Pete, what do you think? Well, first off, stop trying to put things in boxes of like, ooh, this is trying to do that, or this is an homage to this. Enjoy the fact that we Listen. have... No, no, shut the no, fuck no, up. No, 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 I no, agree no, with no, you, no, Pete. Everything no, no, exists no. in its own own area and is well, entirely yourself. unconnected from now, let me fucking talk. anything else. You oh, got to talk. Oh, it's oh, not oh, my... <laughs> You're lucky I'm so high right now. All right, so <laughs> I think it's one of those things where um, having the artist tell a story here and kind of lead through the art and this kind of take on Catwoman that might you know remind you of some things is just it's taking us time with its story. It's it's building to this. They had some huge reveals in this in this issue that were both sad and poignant. Uh, I am loving this. This is absolutely beautiful. This is such a great story. Um, This uh, might be up as one of the best Catwoman runs ever uh, for me. I just think that this is uh, we're watching something happen here that is that is going to have ramifications for a while. This is really, really uh, beautiful art and amazing comics. I think we're in agreement, even though you're disagreeing with me. Moving on, Wolverine number 20 from Marvel, written by Benjamin Percy, art by Adam Kubert. 
In this issue, after the big X lives of Wolverine, X deaths of Wolverine storyline, we're getting back to basics here, specifically the basics of Deadpool trying his hardest to go and live on Krakoa, and Wolverine is just stopping him before they ultimately team up to fight these other dudes. I had a blast reading this issue. I thought this was very fun. Pete, what about you? Yeah, now this is what I'm talking about. This is what, you know, me and Deadpool, we get it. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> this this island is insane. This crazy story. This fun to see, like, Deadpool making fun of all this as well as trying to get into it. I, I think this is just really a nice, nice kind of a breath of fresh air and a great use of Deadpool to kind of comment on where we are right now in the X-Men world. And the fact that he even took over the, the bullshit kind of in between panel letter shit that uh, has been taking itself very seriously. I think it, this is just really fun and very creative and a nice kind of place for the X-Men kind of comics to be right now. And I'm very happy to see it. And it's also nice to see uh, Wolverine uh, in the middle of it all. So uh, begrudgingly. And I love how it starts where Wolverine finally gets some time to himself. And as he's driving away, you know, he has to turn around and go fucking save the day again. So I, I yeah, this is just classic uh, Wolverine stuff for me and, uh, and a great use of uh, Deadpool. Um, yeah, great art, um, some amazing covers as well. So this is just, uh, yeah, this is just uh, great comics. The Nice House on the Lake, number eight from DC Comics, written by James Tyne the fourth art by Alvaro Martinez Bueno. In this issue, the people who are residents, I guess, of this prison that are alien or other dimensional being or whatever I've created... They've had their minds wiped. They're trying to figure out what's going on. And one particular resident does, in fact, start to push through her mind haze to figure out something is wrong here. As usual, just really good character work in this book. The visuals are absolutely gorgeous. And I love, I, I know you've been kind of dismissive of the interpolated pages that are happening in the X-Men books. But here, I think it really works where they're changing between pages that have text and art uh, versus the actual comic book dialogue that we've come to expect. Pete, what do you think about this one? Yeah, I agree. I think that worked really well in this. Uh, here's the thing. This is creepy as fuck. Just really kind of like the murders in the house with them. You know what I mean? Like it is just... Uh, um, and this uh, main character reminds me of you a lot, so it makes it extra creepy. Because I he just, has glasses? Because of the because way he, he gives you whatever you want. Oh my god! Uh, don't don't make it creepier than it already is. <laughs> yeah, I'm really impressed by this because normally things are uh, too uh, horror or too creepy that I don't want to read it. But it's doing such a great job of giving me such an unbelievable story that I have to keep coming back for more. Uh, this is just fantastic. The Vampire Slayer, number one from Boob Studios, written by Sarah Gelly, art by Michael Shelfer. Now, Sarah Gelly did a run on Buffy the Last Vampire Slayer, which was essentially old woman Buffy 
that I think we all really enjoyed quite a lot. We did. Don't try to just make it old woman Buffy. There's more to it than that. There was more to it, and that was super awesome. I think we've been a little back and forth about Boom Studios Buffy stuff, but that really worked a lot. So I was excited to check this one out that brings it back to... Not the main continuity, but a different continuity where specifically Buffy is kind of down on her luck and Willow is the vampire slayer. Pete, what did you think about this one? This was fun. Uh, I liked the art. It really kind of set the tone for this comic. And uh, I feel like it it's a, gives us a real feel of Buffy. It feels like Buffy, if you know, we're kind of making different choices. Uh, I thought if you love Buffy, you will love this comic. I wanted a little more out of this. I agree with you. I think it was well done and the voices were captured. I thought the art was very good. It seemed to fit in very nicely with the whole Buffy of it. But given how bold a statement the last vampire was, the last vampire slayer was, I wanted something that was a little bit more of a bolder take here. Um, And... I don't know. I didn't quite get that. Maybe in the next issue, but it felt a little pat to me. Yes, Pete. Uh, uh, Excuse me, Alex. Yes. What what the fuck are you doing right now? What do you mean? Uh, In the the, uh, live show, uh, when we talked about uh, comics we were looking forward to talking about and things that were kind of like high up on our poll list, Mm -hmm. you said this comic. And then when we got to talk about this comic, you were like, I wanted more from it. So... Uh, I'll ask you again, what the fuck are you talking about? Sure. Uh, so we do a live show every Tuesday night. You're before, goddamn right we do. Before comic books come out. So I always talk about what I'm excited to check out in the Stack. And then the Stack podcast comes out Wednesday at 9 a.m. when new comics come out after we've read them. And right. then I offer my opinions on them. Right, so, right. What are you getting at, Pete? Well, I just, I'm a little disappointed. You're going to destroy some sort of the continuity there or something like that? No, I'm just a little disappointed because when we were doing the live show, your enthusiasm for the comic got me excited for the comic. And then we got to it and you were like, yeah, I didn't like it so much. And I felt a little (laughs) let down. I felt let down. And I was was a little let down as well. This was the number one thing that I was most excited about because I loved Last Vampire Slayer so much. Yeah, you're a huge Buffy head. My whole head is Buffy. Yeah, literally right over mostly, my head as we're taping right now is Buffy and Angel. Yeah, there's mostly Buffy floating around in the head of yours. Mm-hmm. It's true. There you go. I still think it's worth picking up if you're a fan of Buffy or anything. But again, I want a little more take there. I'll check out the second issue because I'm curious to see what they did. Uh, and again, I like Sarah Gailey. I think she's a good writer. So I agree. Yeah. Let's move on then. Talk about Wonder Woman Evolution number six from DC Comics, written by Stephanie Phillips, art by Mike Hawthorne. In this issue, Wonder Woman is continuing to be in a strange alternate world while, as we previously found out, she's being manipulated on the outside. We get a lot more information about that in this issue and exactly what's going on. Pete, what did you think about this one? Yeah, I'm happy we finally kind of got the uh, villain reveal and also where kind of Wonder Woman is and what's going on with her. And, you know, spoilers, she's okay. She's just in a tank. And, you Mm -hmm. know, sometimes when you're in a tank, uh, as we all know, you kind of have weird, trippy dreams. Uh, or you're just smoking on that sweet, sweet Chiba. But oh either way, I think it's, uh, I think this is a lot of fun and, uh, I've been really enjoying this in Wonder Woman comic. Me too. I've really been enjoying this a lot and I don't smoke that sweet, sweet Chiba. Is that what you said? That's right. Okay. That's right, Cornell. Uh, art's really good in here from Mike Hawthorne. I think the writing's really good. This is like a very... 
trippy mystery that's going on that Wonder Woman is going to work her way out of. Just, I don't know if this is ongoing. I assume this is a miniseries, but if it is whatever the arc that they're telling right now, I think this is a really good, very direct uh, series. Yes, Pete. I, I had a question. Did you, I thought it was really funny when uh, we kind of had a, a character kind of break the fourth wall and kind of be like, okay, who had uh, a Wonder Woman flying into the sun? I didn't see that one coming. I thought that was a funny moment. It was good. I'm again, I'm really enjoying this quite a bit. Let's move on and talk about The Collector number 1 from Dark Horse Comics, written by Will Conrad and Rod Montero, art by Will Conrad. This is a very very dark book. This is the one about uh, the prison cab, right? If I yeah. remember correctly. Yeah. Where a bunch of dudes are being expected yeah. uh, experimented on. I'll tell you what, I spent this entire book being like, oh, there's gonna be Ugh. a supernatural twist here or something. And there was not. <laughs> uh, yeah, I kept waiting to be like, all right, but what's going on? And okay, but Nope. No, it's just nope. a straight up Tuskegee experiment type <laughs> oh. thing where a bunch of prisoners of war are being experimented on with pathogens and it's pretty upsetting. But yeah, it's hard to it's hard to kind of wade through a little bit. But on that level, I think it's a well done story. Just don't expect it to have that image comic style twist where they're all going to get superpowers or something, because that's not what happens. Or it might, but not in this issue. Um, no. Yeah, I, I think it's one of those things where, because we read so many comics and because we're kind of used to like, okay, they're going to give us something, but something else is going to be happening. What's the metaphor here? What's the thing? And it's kind of just like, oh, no, this is just a... We're in the prison camp with them. And, oh, no. What are it's funny doing? that we both had the same exact reaction. Yeah, because I, like, I was like, yeah, 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 but, uh, well, but what do you, uh, nothing. But in terms of a dark story, in terms of the story that they actually are telling, I do think it's well done. Just expect yeah. something more realistic going in. Next up, Nightwing number 91 from DC Comics, written by Tom Taylor, art by Geraldo Borges. In this issue, this is continuing the story of Nightwing and The Flash teaming up to try to take down the assassins who have targeted Nightwing. You were clapping for this one, Pete. What'd you think? Hey, not to be a dick, but uh, if you're not reading this comic, what the fuck are you doing, man? This is a great comic. Like, this is really... this. Ah, I'm enjoying the shit out of this comic. I feel like this is one of those comics that's going to stand the test of time and people are going to hold up as an amazing run. Nightwing has never been better. I mean, there have been some amazing Tim Seeley stuff, but this is just really great. And I'm having such a blast. And, the, you know, usually when there's like cameos or other characters, it, you know, it can bring down or up a comic, but it seems to fit so well with what, what, what's happening. I am having a blast with this comic and the art's amazing, too. Totally agree with you here. This is great. This is such a fun crossover. I talked about this with the last issue, but I think seeing Nightwing and Wally West together is so yeah. great. And it's a nice contrast to the way that Tom Taylor wrote Dick Grayson and uh, John Kent blanked on his name for a second in the previous arc. Um, just really, really good stuff and such such a good comic. Definitely pick it up. Also, you know, there's a lot of talk a lot of times, especially with like 
you know, Arrowverse did this joke a bunch where it was just kind of like this thing of like, how can there be, how does the Flash be so kind of like bright and cheery about life all the time when there's all these like DC brooding characters? And I feel like they tackle that in this comic really well and in such a a, a fun, cool way that I very much appreciate it. Look, there's no such thing as a good podcast ad, but we're going to try. I'm Paul. And I'm Josh. We're from Nostalgia Entertainment System, the show about remembering things. Each week, we dive into a different topic, like Power Rangers. Are you talking about A4? The the Alpha (laughs) 5. RuneScape. I could never get into World 1 because it was always full. And even candy. How many market tests do you need to do with Skittles, right? Skittles have been around for so long. New episodes every Monday. Nostalgia Entertainment System. Check it out wherever your pods are cast. Leadership. The final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starfleet Leadership Academy. It's ongoing mission to develop leaders through Star Trek. To boldly go where no podcast has gone before. A Star Trek podcast told through the lens of leadership development. Subscribe today. The Starfleet Leadership Academy. Next up, it's time, folks. It's 420. (laughs) Whether you got your marijuana, your dubs, your wacky (laughs) weed... You're smoke them if you got them, whatever it is. We're going to talk about the secret history of the war on weed, number one from Image Comics. War on weed. Weed. Written by Jerry Dugan and Brian Posehn. Art by Scott Koblish. This is two commensurate stoners writing a story of an overroided American hero who is fighting a secret war on weed. And per the title, it's basically what if Arnold Schwarzenegger was doing an over-the-top movie trying to destroy weed for Nancy Reagan and then learn the error of his ways only have to fight other people. Pete, I believe you like weed. What'd you think about this comic book? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I think this is a great kind of a stoner reimagining of some fucked up shit that happened where in Hubble County, uh, you know, the government uh, and cops uh, kind of ransacked a bunch of stoners and, uh, you know, really fucked with their livelihood uh, because they could and because they wanted to. And this is kind of uh, a way of doing that that uh, kind of is a little bit more weed-friendly, if you will, a little bit more stoner-friendly, where it's like this Arnold Schwarzenegger character who's just got to realize he needs to calm down a little bit in life. And, uh, you know, puff tough. And then he kind of can really uh, reassess his life and make some smarter decisions. So, uh, yeah, I think this is uh, this is a really kind of fun, creative project and a fun thing to come out on 420. And, uh, yeah, man. It's very silly. I mean, they did a great run on Deadpool. And I think this definitely has notes of that throughout I kind of, just because I love their run on Deadpool so much, I kind of wanted some of that pathos there that they brought into it, some of that emotion, and that's not present here. It's all just ridiculous, over-the-top, Mad Magazine-style jokes nonstop. Um, but if that's what you're looking for, if you're looking to get high and read a comic book, I think that's that's. I think that's kind of the idea, right? Exactly. Like, so it know, works was... on that level. Yeah. There you go. Great. We're agreeing. Good. Great. All right. 
Robin's number six from DC Comics, <laughs> written by Tim Seeley, art by Baldemar Rivas. This is the final issue of this comic book that we've been loving so much as all of the Robins team up to take down Jenny Wren, who is kind of the original Robin. Here we find out her origin story in this issue, and it's so sad, so heartbreaking throughout, such a bummer. But, of course, the Robins find an alternate way through it, and... Uh, I love the series. The series was fantastic. The way that they treat Batman in this book and don't let him take over, let the Robins take center stage is really good. This was awesome. And if you didn't pick it up, fingers crossed, I'm sure they're collecting it in a trade. Definitely pick it up because this is a superb Robin story. Yeah. I mean, you know, I had mentioned earlier uh, Tim Seeley and how uh, amazing of a writer this is. He is killing this book. This is a really touching. I think ta- earlier you mentioned Tom Taylor. Oh, I'm. I, man, I, I probably should smoke some more and, and uh, figure this out. <laughs> uh, I, I think it's one of those things where. Um, uh, this is a very touching story, but also cool that the way they use Batman in this Batman is not perfect. Sometimes you see Batman make moves and you're kind of like, what the fuck? But Batman hates guns and to kind of see him lose it a little bit when someone who's young and maybe doesn't know what's kind of going on or the rules a little bit. I thought it worked really well with the story really made sense. And, um, yeah, I kind of got choked up with some parts. It's it's really a great great story and also like the kind of like the way that different of people of the bad family kind of interact and reach out to each other when spoiler showed up in jail to give a note. Like I was I was very moved by this and thought it was uh this is a hell of a comic, man. The the art alone is worth it, but man, it, it this is some great stuff happening in this comic. Bolero, number four from Image Comics, written by Wyatt Kennedy, art by Luana Vecchio. This is a book about a woman. Wait, wait. You go ahead on this book. I'm just going to smoke and then you can talk about it because, you know, this is all you. bro. This is the perfect book to smoke up and read, though, to be honest, because (laughs) it's all about two naked people talking to a giant cat about alternate universes. What goes better with uh, the wacky weed than that? The wacky weed. Unbelievable. I don't know, man. That's not my vice of choice. That's all I'm saying. But in Bolero, we've been following one person for the first three issues as they travel through these alternate universes, these alternate timelines. We found out in the cliffhanger of the last issue that the other person, the person she has been pursuing, has also been traveling through alternate timelines. And that's what we get here. This one was the most, like, a tone poem for me, in a way. Like, down to the way that they letter the issue, it's almost falling apart throughout and crumbling. It's more, to me, about the feeling of it than anything else. And in terms of that, it really manages to capture somebody who is crumbling, who is falling apart, who just can't deal with their life anymore. And uh, the art is just gorgeous in this. The coloring is gorgeous. It's just a beautiful book to look at. Pete, what did you think about it? Oh, what, man? Oh, yeah. It's <laughs> The art's beautiful. And, like, you know, there's some weird sex stuff. But, you know, it's a cool story, man. 
Oh my gosh. All right. Batman the Night number four from TC Comics, written by Chip Zdarsky, art by Carmine Di- Gian Domenico. In this issue, Bruce Wayne has joined a dojo and is training there. Ultimately, finds out things are way worse at the dojo than he thought and ultimately leaves with an ally. This continues the story of this young Batman. Pete, how are you feeling about this one? Four issues in. I am a sucker for any Batman ninja training, and that's what you get in this, and uh, it is absolutely fantastic, and uh, I love it. I also love the, uh, you know, the fact that Batman used to have a friend. You know, that's sweet. Mm-hmm. No. I really like how Carmine, Carmine D. Gian Domenico, I really shouldn't have tried to pronounce his name again, is drawing a slowly growing up Bruce Wayne. It's been really impressive to see over the course yeah. of four issues as he's slowly gotten older. That's not an easy thing to do, and he is nailing it. Killing Let's it. nail it. Let's move on and talk about Ice Cream Man number 29 oh, from shit. Image Comics, written by W. Maxwell Prince, oh, art shit, by man. Martin Barrazzo. If you want to talk about things that will oh, mess man. with your brain. Don't do it, man. Don't do it. Well, talk about this issue, Pete. Seems like it really uh, messed you up. Yeah, it's really tripped out, man. I mean, you know, like, we're all dying, you know? Like, we're all slowly dying, and uh, this guy's kind of like... At his own funeral, man. It's it's crazy. This comic continues to take the form in a different direction, put things on its head, bring you into a creepy world that you don't understand, but you're happy you're there. I, I, I'm just constantly impressed by Ice Cream Man. And, uh, you know, uh, yeah, it's... Whew. This was the issue that I had the hardest time hooking into, to be perfectly honest. The So we're kind of following two timelines, and then there's a third timeline that's in there as one character in a bar is ultimately led through a weird amusement park to check out this funeral. Of his life to get to I, his no, funeral. No, I think it's two different characters because it's not him. The character <sighs> who is dying is a stand-in for W. Maxwell Prince. So it's the writer killing off himself in the book. Um, so I, I don't know. I couldn't quite hook into this one, even though the art is good as usual. The visuals are trippy. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm still into the series, but I had a hard time understanding and wrapping my brain around this particular well, issue. You know what, Cornell? I'm sorry I went over your head. You know, I'm sorry mm-hmm. you didn't get it. You it's know. really more of a Ithaca College type issue. <laughs> that's right, man. You got to go to the other hill to get this one. Well, let's talk about something that's more Cornell style, which is Earth Prime <laughs> Superman and Lois number two from DC Comics, written by Jay Manison, Adam Mallinger, and Andrew N. Wong, art by Tom Grummet. This is the second issue taking place in the continuity of the CW shows. Here we're focusing on Superman and Lois. We get a couple of stories there. The main story is about Superman and Lois's anniversary and why they celebrated four days later, and then we get a couple of backups that take a place in the continuity as well. I'll tell you what, as much as I kind of dislike the first issue of this that followed on Batwoman because it was too packed, this felt like a classic Superman and Lois story. It just had almost nothing to do with the show, but it just worked for Superman. It worked for Lois, and I really like this whole package. What about you, Pete? Yeah, I I felt like this was a very sweet, 
uh, Superman Lois story. I love the fact that even Superman gets stood up sometimes. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, you know, hey, that makes me feel good. Well, I think it, it's funny. Uh, sorry to interrupt you, but I feel like we're the first one tried to be an episode of Batwoman. This leaned into, hey, we have Tom Grummet, who is a commensurate Superman artist on art. Let's just write to him and see what he could do and throw in all these references to like classic Max Fleischer cartoons and Superman four, the quest for peace and all of these other things. And it was very fun. Yeah, it was, it was very touching. I I really, uh, I really loved it. Black hammer reborn. Number 11 from dark horse comics written by Jeff Lemire art by Caitlin Yarsky. In this issue, some of our characters from the black hammer reborn run fall into the universe from black hammer. Though things are a little different. This is the second to last issue of the Black Hammer story, which is huge. What did you think, Pete? Well, this is, uh, first off, uh, Black Hammer continues to be an amazing comic. Uh, I very much look forward to every new issue. Uh, This gets intense. A lot of, uh, you know, grownups yelling at each other about stuff, which is a little tough to take. Uh, But, um... Yeah, I mean we're we're really getting somewhere right now. The story is really moving. Um, the whole kind of like them getting to a new cha- uh, town and kind of like the way it was kind of like oh man, they the jig is up. They know who we are. This kind of thing. It was it was really moving, and I feel like we're really getting somewhere. Uh, this is a creative book that's really got amazing art. I am fascinated to see how this all wraps up. Let's move on to talk about something that is just beginning, which is Slumber, number two, from Image Comics, written by Tyler Burton-Smith, art by Vanessa Cardellini, Cardinali, excuse me. This takes place in a world where there is a dream investigator. Somebody will go inside of your dreams and take care of your nightmares, but she is tracking a entity that has been entering people's dreams and been really messing them up for years. We get to a lot of that, this issue. I love the tone of this book so much. It's so funny, so creative, so much fun. What about you, Pete? How are you feeling about it? Two issues in. Uh, I mean, you want to talk about a fun tripped out book to kind of get high to. This is really fantastic. I mean, the art's great. Yeah, there's a lot of creepy, fucked up shit, but because the art is a little light, the tone makes it very enjoyable to read. Uh, yeah, I, I I continue to love this book. The first issue was fantastic. This is really great. I love how this is moving. I love where this is going. Man, this uh, first two issues have been really solid. I am very excited about this as a comic book series. Batman Superman World's Finest, number two from DC Comics, written by Mark Wade, art by Dan Mora. In this issue, Superman goes into surgery at the hands of Niles Calder from the Doom Patrol. (laughs) Ultimately, oh man, ultimately we get a villain reveal as they fight Felix Faust, but there's a bigger villain on the horizon. I think we really enjoyed the first issue of this. How do you think it held up in issue two? Well, first off, this is a hell of a time to drop a Doom Patrol podcast. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Uh, Well, we should mention that for those who are listening for the first time, we recorded 34 episodes of a Doom Patrol podcast. We're going to be releasing it weekly as the Doom Room, a Doom Patrol podcast. Or Patreon.com slash Comic Book Club. You can get all for 34 episodes right now. 
That's, uh, a, that's a deal, man. But first off, let's back up the truck a little bit here. We got beep, Tim beep. Sale uh, on, on cover. I, it's really just, uh, this is very creative, very cool. I love the, you see like Batman really concerned about Superman. There's kind of like these, these kind of like awe moments. Uh, you know, there's also like this really great panel of comics that I want to kind of like put on a t-shirt where it's like, is Batman smiling? And then Robin's like, it happens like just fun. Like this is just really, uh, fun. I'm having, uh, I love the kind of relationship that we have in this Batman, uh, Superman comic. The fact that Superman won't leave Batman's side in that fight. Uh, it's a goddamn blast. And Dan Moore's art is very, very, very good in this. Yeah, Stranger Things, art. Kachaka, Kachaka, excuse me, number two from D- Dark Horse Comics, written by Michael Morrissey, art by Todor Christoph. This is a story that takes place in Russia as a former scientist takes two kids on the run while meanwhile back at a Russian stronghold, a scientist tries to pick up the learnings that he left off and deal with a Demogorgon that's being held there. I love this book. I know we talked about the first issue and how it really perfectly captures Stranger Things in a very different way. I continue to be very excited about the story going into issue two. What about you, Pete? Yeah, I first off, the art's amazing. Uh, I really love kind of like the tone of this, the this kind of like edge that the art brings to kind of all the intensity of this book. Yeah, it feels like even though we're over in Mother Russia here, we're getting like it still feels a little bit like Stranger Things. It's it's mm-hmm. impressive what it's pulling off here, and uh, some new information about the old uh, the old monsters that we kind of know. So I'll throw this out at you. This to me feels like American Vampire, but for Stranger Things, Ooh, the yeah. art isn't quite Raphael Albuquerque, but it does it's got, feel it has that. Yeah. It has a little feel of it. So if you're into that, if you're into Stranger Things, if you like the Kirky, you'll you'll love this. There you go. Last but not least, Homesick Pilots number fourteen from Image Comics, written by Dan Waters, art by Casper Wingard. In this issue, we get some big reviews in terms of our ghostly haunted house and what's going on leading into a potential final battle or maybe some sort of final closure or something like that. Pete, what'd you think about this one? Well, this is this like, first off, this comic has been amazeballs. Unbelievable. A lot of crazy things going on. But this ha- this issue has a lot of like dad vibes to it because it's like my house, my rules, kind of like home sweet home stuff going on that I'm kind of like roll my eyes like, all right, dad. But, uh, yeah, I can't be more impressed with this comic, what it's doing art-wise and, and story-wise. Uh, it's, it continues to impress where it's like, I couldn't have, I can't just, it's going some in directions that you couldn't see coming, and we read a lot of comics, so that's impressive to see. I agree. This book is great, and I'm very curious to see how it all ties up. Speaking of which, 
that is it for the stack. If you'd like to support us, patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. to Crowdcast and YouTube. Come hang out. We'd love to chat with you about comic books. iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice to subscribe, listen, and follow the show at Comic Book Live on Twitter, comicbookclublive.com for this podcast and many more. Until next time, we'll see you at the comic book shop. Enjoy your 20. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.